HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Fair Kitchens. Learn about the Fair Kitchens code and join the movement at fairkitchens.com. This week on Meet and 3, we're exploring food for the eyes, how the art and culinary worlds collide. Incredibly elaborate. It's a feast for the eyes, a banquet dinner with garnished ham, turkey, and an array of accompaniments. We shot uh, baguettes with like paint dripping off of them with the blue, white, and red from the French flag. Oh, what did the student tell me? They said, the camera eats first. And it's so true. It's so true. Tune in to Meet in 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Southern Teague, and here we are at Diageo's Jazz Feast uh, uh, location in uh, beautiful downtown New Orleans at Tales of the Cocktail 2019. Uh, in my makeshift studio, I'm sitting with my dear friend Tyler Hutchins. Uh, the, she is the Liquid Productions at Liquid Productions. Tyler, welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Southern. Hey. How are you? I'm great. How's How the tale so far this it's year? It's good. It's yeah? really good. I've actually gotten to, to see some seminars, which is amazing. I mean, that's unusual for your team, right? Yes. You're usually, like, digging in real hard. Yeah, yeah. It's normally, you know, 20-hour days for, for five days. Un- unbelievable. Um, so, Tyler, you're, you're, you're with Liquid Productions now, mm-hmm. which is, like, kind of the backbone of making giant cocktail events like this happen all over the country, not just sales with cocktail. But, like, where'd you get your start? How'd you get here? Oh, gosh. I was a barista for years and worked my way through college as a barista before I was old enough to bartend. I've said a thousand times on this show and, and in my life, <laughs> baristas make the best bartenders. I agree. I still try to hire them whenever I need a, whenever I need a new one. That's where I go first. Yeah, you know, the, the, the sort of the surroundings are the same. You're kind of behind the counter. Everything's mm-hmm. at your hands. Um, mm-hmm. The difference is uh, you're dealing with people who are really specific and they're grumpy <laughs> and they're hungover. Uh, or tired from the night before, yeah. and they, they, you know, and there's grumbling and no, very little tipping. Yeah. You take that barista and you put them behind a bar, and it's like everybody's friendly, uh, yeah, everybody's excited to see you. <laughs> they're tipping, <laughs> and they're like, "What the hell is this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you're never going back to the coffee." Yeah. Uh, so baristaing is where you got your, your, the bug was put into you. Where, where, where'd you go from there? And, uh, you know, again, like how did you how did you get to here? Weave us a story. 
Um, gosh, so I worked my way through college as a barista, and then I moved into um, food service. I actually started my first restaurant job was a PF Chang's, and I was a food runner at a PF Chang's. Outstanding. <laughs> and from there, um, it kind of turned into getting recruited to be, um, you know, working your way up through the ranks and getting recruited to be a corporate trainer for a little um, Morimoto concept that was trying to open in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the bartenders didn't show up one day and I was the only one who made a recipe, so they threw me back there. I feel like that's how it happens to a lot of folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm never leaving. But again, you already had the confidence of, of working a counter, right? Yeah, I mean, bars yeah. Bars are just a counter. You know, I, I think people forget all the time, the bar isn't the surface. The bar is actually that rail that runs along the foot. Exactly. It's a counter with a bar. Exactly. Right? Um, and which is, you know, it's... There's no going back from that. So you got right behind the bar. You knew all the recipes already. How did you know the recipes? Were you, you were, were you planning on making this move? No, not at all. It was just I was a trainer for the restaurant, and so it was my job to, to know the recipes, and I, I knew them. I didn't know how to execute them. I, my shake was terrible. I couldn't stir anything. I think I did it with, like, like my fist moving in a circle. Right. Yeah, like or, was, orbiting. Yeah, it was not graceful. <laughs> Well, the grace comes with time and practice, you know, as with anything. Um, and where did you move from there? Um, from there, I moved into um, running bars, and from you know running bars, moved into designing and opening bars and volunteering with Andy and the liquor production team. Yeah, Andy Seymour. Yeah, that's rad. So, you, but you manned some bars for some length of time, right? Yeah. Where did I meet you? I met you in Washington D.C. You met me at the Columbia Room. Yeah, with yes. Derek Brown. One of my favorite bars still. Um, it's, it's fucking gorgeous, and the program that they do is amazing. Yeah, they're crushing it. They do a really beautiful job, um, and their new iteration is just fantastic. You know, obviously, well, well, well uh, Yeah, and deserved, right? Those yeah. guys uh, really put their effort in, and their children behind it, and they do some great stuff. Yeah. Um, what made you leave them? Because you went from them to kind of right next door, right, to the Dadney. I did. Um, I we were closing the Columbia Room and the Passenger to design and open a new. Yeah, this stopgap where I had to figure out what to do with myself for six months to a year while that happened. And um, during that time, I met Jeremiah Langhorn and Alex Zank of the Dabney, and um, they were designing, building, and opening their restaurant. We actually did our closing New Year's Eve service with them at the Columbia Room. I mean, you know, that's the thing I tell people all the time. You know, it doesn't matter where you're at or what you're doing in this field, you're, you're always being interviewed. You know, whoever you're talking to might be your next boss, or whoever you're talking to might be your next employee. It's so true, and they, were, they ended up being my bosses, and they're amazing bosses, um, wonderful people. So. And what, I, 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 guess I, I guess I'm trying to figure out where, where did the leap happen from, from being behind a bar and making one drink at a time for people to where you are now, where you're behind the scenes and making thousands of drinks at a time. You told me today, you, I said, what are you up to today? You said, well, I'll make 10,000 drinks. <laughs> we, we made them yesterday. We're going to serve them today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what made you think that that would be a great change or next move in your, in your career? I, I didn't really plan it. So there it kind of happened. I've been working, you know, kind of on the side, um, traveling and doing events with the liquor productions team or the bar smarts team or the bar five day team. And that was kind of a side gig for a long time. And, um, when it was time to leave the restaurant, I called Andy and I said, I don't really know what's next. And he basically just offered me a job while I was on a plane heading to work an event for him. He said, come work for me. That's amazing. I mean, again, not, not always what you know, but who you know. Um, 
Did you, were you a bar five day participant? Did you do bar five? Oh, yeah, 2015. You should do it. Uh, I don't have that kind of time and I don't have that it's, kind of money. It's a lot of, a lot of time and money. Yeah, you, we, finding a sponsor doing the work study is the way to go. I mean, I see, I obviously see the value. I love education. I used to be an educator. Um, you know, You've I, always been huge on that. You are great. Yeah, I do. Thank you. Um, and I've always you know, encouraged people to do that stuff. But I, I'm not saying it's too late for me by any means. It's just that. I'm to a position right now where if I were to look at bar five day, I'd probably figure out a way to get on my team to go instead of me. Yeah, that's fair. I get yeah. that. You've also taken yourself pretty far without it, so you're not really suffering for it. I'm doing it right. <laughs> I'm just building hamster wheels that I can't get off of. Uh-huh. It's not this crazy thing. Run, run, run. Um, talk to me about some of the events that you're doing at this year's Tales of the Cocktail 2019. Um, gosh, well, we did the William Gray and Sons party on Wednesday night, which was amazing and super fun. And now we're doing Diageo's Jazz Feast here. Um, and the guys have all had a couple of seminars and presentations they had to leave. Tell me about, like, for the listener who may not have ever been to Tales of the Cocktail, Tell me about what that means. You say the Wayne Grandson's party, that sounds like it could be in my apartment. But it <laughs> no, it's, um, so every brand basically throws a big party for anywhere from two to 3,000 people here, here in New Orleans. And they spend the entire year um, planning with their brand teams and their ambassadors. This, this huge party, it's normally a warehouse space. Um, Which is what we're in right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can hear some equipment in the background. You can, they're, they're, hanging, up, they're uh, hanging flags. <laughs> <laughs> So the brand does that, and they execute, and they bring all of their all of their marks to kind of showcase, and all their ambassadors, and spend a ton, like a, a metric fuck ton of money on this party, and it's basically a celebration of all the bartenders that are here in New Orleans, and kind of a thank you to them for the, you know, as Charlotte Boise says, the 360. Boise, she's been on the show before. <laughs> she's great. The 364 days that you know, a thank you for all of that work that everyone else does over the course of the year. Right. I think that's great, right? But so, like, as far as magnitude goes, can I paint a picture for the listener of what what they see when they walk into this party and how much effort they're doing in making it happen? Well, it goes from from zero to anywhere from you know twelve to twenty four bars at any venue um, that are fully constructed and you know each have their own showcasing of cocktails and design and build outs. And you walk into uh, you walk into basically a festival in a warehouse space. Um, you know. 12 bars and anywhere from 24 to 36 cocktails. Right, and when you say built out, you know, it's just like a, a table and cameras and stuff like that. These are bars. You're walking up to a bar. That's pretty, oh yeah, they're fully functioning. Fully a lot functional. of them. A lot of them have you know like portable running water units and stuff like that as well. So it's, it's a big, it's a big thing. <laughs> Right, I mean, and then when you're talking to a guy like me, we've got a bar that's 240. <laughs> uh, yeah, some of these, some of these little spaces are as big as a Mario Margo. <laughs> yeah, easily. We're sitting in one right now. That's yeah, <laughs> about the size of my. Bar. It's, a, it's, it's amazing. Along the way, of a dozen or more of these things being put together. Right now. Yeah. Pretty incredible. Um, how logistically, like, what's a day? What's a day in your life? Oh well, when you're here, it's, it's a long day. So you start in the morning with a lot of Excel spreadsheets and you know Google Docs and shared drives and stuff like that, and it's a lot of a lot of planning on the on the back end so that when you get to the front end, you're ready to go, and then you you know get on site and you set up your 24 portable tables, and each of them is a designated station for 
you know, five gallon batching buckets and each station gets a recipe and each recipe is you know, five gallons of, of booze and citrus and whatever sweetening you're, sweetener you're using. And then you, you make a bucket and you taste it and you make the rest of the buckets until you have 10,000 cocktails. <laughs> first of all, the first word that comes to my mind is sticky. Yeah. That sounds like a sticky. We're pretty, we're pretty clean. We've got, we've got it di- dialed in now. <laughs> Picture you all walking around like hazmat suits. <laughs> no, you, you just, just jeans and t-shirts and sneakers and aprons. <laughs> um, Lots of apron walks through the quarter this week. But like even that, what, what does that mean for juice? Is that, I mean, you guys are juicing. We juice, yeah, we juice fresh juice. cases of limes. It, yeah, yeah. Well, I think we had to go to Restaurant Depot four times to load the car up with citrus cases. Just to pick up the citrus. Yeah. Yeah, in addition to, you know, the, all of the fresh mint and strawberries and, you know, pineapples yeah, and watermelon. And, yeah. So we go to Garnish Town after this today and we're going to cut garnishes for, you know. Garnish Town. <laughs> yeah. Just adjacent to Juiceville. Yeah, there are 10 of us. So, it's, you know, if we cut a thousand garnishes each, we'll get to 10,000. That sounds crazy to me. It's a lot. It's a lot. Do you enjoy it? I do. I love it. It's amazing. Do you miss being on more like a one-on-one drink, drink per person kind of thing? Yes. Yeah. Do you I get think to do that? I do. Yeah. I'm going to be behind the kettle one bar tonight. So. Oh. Yeah. So we I didn't go realize from that the productions. I thought you were just like the back of the house. No, we do it all. Full Holy. service. <laughs> so you're, you're waking up at 8 in the morning, getting yeah. in those admin hours, then getting in those juicing garnish and then bartending bartending. yeah and then breaking down everything it's a marathon not a sprint oh that's right because this thing has to be struck like the night after right i mean the night that it's done so it's not even done building right now and it's uh, around two o'clock in the afternoon the party's going to go long and hard until the wee hours of the morning ends at midnight yeah and you'll pull it all apart and i pull it apart and get all of our stuff out of here it's like it's like a like a bomb goes up and, and, and all the pieces of the flat and create a bar and then you got to come back in and like suck it back together. And put it back together, exactly. And ship it out of here and like head off to the next thing. How many, second, third, fourth wins. Yeah. Like, how, many, uh, how many events like this does look like no, no, overseas for season years? What have you? Oh gosh, well it depends. For the whole team, we probably, like we do a bunch of food and wine, we just did BCB, we did tails, um, and we'll just, and we do you know, music festivals and stuff like that all over the country too. So we get together probably, you know, six to eight times a year as a full team. And then we divide and conquer kind of all over the country as well. So we are, I'm probably on the road two weeks a month. And I think that that's conservative for the team. I do a lot of, a lot of kind of the back end admin for the company with um, Kat Rimmer. And so everyone else is on the road every week almost. Yeah. You didn't even realize there are that many sorts of things going on. Yeah, well, we've done like cocktail competitions and stuff like that, too. Right. <laughs> it's starting to boggle my mind. We, got, we have our, our hands in a lot of pots. Doors. <laughs> open yeah. doors. You have also have, you know, what, four doors now to open? <laughs> four doors now. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> but four doors as of this recording. Maybe it plays and I've already got more. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So you're addicted. being modest. You just addicted. like opening bars. It only happened in the last year. I don't know what happened. It's amazing. I had a Mori Margo for seven and a half years, and then in the last one year, I've opened three more and put them all on the horizon. I love it. It's insane. I don't recommend it. 
is not the smart way to do it. Do you, do you do sleep? Drip them out a little slower. <laughs> you can't say no to the opportunities, you know, if they yeah. come at you. Yeah, that's fair. Um, well, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. We're going to come right back and talk with Tyler Hudgens from Liquid Productions here at Tales of the Cocktail 2019. Stand by. This episode is brought to you by Fair Kitchens. The food service industry faces a challenge. More people are eating out, yet restaurants are losing talent. Why is this? Research by Fair Kitchens reveals a serious well-being issue within professional kitchens. 74% of chefs are sleep-deprived to the point of exhaustion. 63% of chefs feel depressed. And more than half feel pushed to the breaking point. This can't be ignored. Fair Kitchens is a movement based on the belief that a positive kitchen culture makes for a healthier business. By taking the pledge to be a Fair Kitchen, they'll provide you with free information, tools, and resources to help you take action towards making your restaurant more stable, productive, and happy, which positively affects the guest experience. It's time to act now. Learn about the Fair Kitchens code and join the movement at fairkitchens.com. And we're back on the Speakeasy. We're at our uh, mobile studio, uh, Tales of the Cocktail 2019, in beautiful, balmy New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, hang out with my dear friend Tyler Hudgens uh, from Liquid Productions. Um, and we're inside the space where Diageo Jazz Feast is going to be. I, I, I admitted off the air that I, when I came in and saw the big sign, I used to live in New Orleans. I see this giant sign that says Diageo Jazz Fest. Because I'm used to Jazz Fest in New Orleans, but it says Jazz Feast. Does that mean they're going to be feeding you tonight? Yeah, it's a clever little play on words. Um, so they've recruited some of the um, top kind of restaurants and destination places in New Orleans um, as well. So it'll, it's food and drink and like jazz. Oh. Um, some really cool artists are going to be here. Yeah, any 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 restaurants you're hope, hoping to get some snacks from tonight? I mean, Cafe Du Monde's here, so that's always fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I lived in New Orleans, uh, um, I learned that... that Beignets are, are obviously called beignets, but they're sort of colloquially known as liar's beignets. Yes. <laughs> it's because they're so heavily caked with powdered sugar. If you look away from your beignets for a second and you look back at your friend and say, one of my beignets is missing, did you take it? And he says, no, and he's covered with powdered sugar. You just know, right, exactly. It's like the kid who got the, in the he's cookie jar. He's covered with powdered sugar. You're like, There's you're no way to hide to it. Yeah, I haven't actually made my way to Cafe de Home this, this year. I will get over at least once and get some beignets. Yeah, me either. So I'm just going to hit up the stand tonight. I don't. Yeah. Um, I had lunch today at Turkey and the Wolf. Have you heard of this place? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Amazing sandwiches. Fried bologna sandwich. They have a hilarious Instagram feed, too. They're really cheeky. I know. Well, the whole place was cheeky. <laughs> like the artwork, the, you know, the, the plateware we were served on were like old plastic Disney plates mm-hmm. that I remember from being uh-huh. a kid. Tupperware glassware that I remember from being a kid. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. nuts. They were one of Bon Appetit's best in the restaurants, I think. Incredible, yeah, right? Incredible. That's how I heard about it. Yeah. Um, and my dear friend Chris Alford is a, a, a friend of theirs, so he pointed me in their direction. I know him. I think that's actually how I learned about Amori Amargo, because I knew Chris from Sunshine and Richmond when I was right, a there's our in crossover. Yeah. yeah. Um, what were you doing down there? I was working for Nick Crutchfield um, in Charlottesville, Virginia, at a bar that he used to run on the downtown pedestrian mall. Um, yeah, Chris Albert, long time you know, friend of mine, uh, worked with Mary really Margo, creator of the Shopping Mustache. <laughs> uh, which is, uh, which is a great drink. <laughs> a great drink, and it's 
been, you know, just steadily crushing it on my menu for we, we were talking last night. <laughs> six or seven. No, we can't take it off. No way. Um, it's been on menus all over the world, but we've got to all the time. Everybody's asking me for the correct specs and can they put on the menu and I said, go for it. Maybe get some credit, but I don't care really. Awesome. Get it out there. It's great uh, yeah, I love uh, I love that it's become you know something of a modern classic. In my book, I think it's you know, good about Chris Albert and the drink itself. It's, it's great. It is a modern classic. I would definitely say that. People know it by now. That's, yeah. that's what that's what it takes to be a modern classic. Yeah. Um, so you're going to be here bartending at the Kettle One booth. What drink are you going to be making over there? That you've already made. What drink are you going to be assembling What drink am I, am I pouring? We have um, an espresso martini or nitro. We've got a watermelon smash, which is just Kettle One and fresh cold fresh watermelon juice with a little bit of lemon. Um, and then we're doing the tomato juice. So it's the Kettle One between the right. um, Nitro. So again, these little bars that you're setting up, that are being set up literally around us right now. Uh -huh. I wish we had like some like, time-lapse video happening because a lot of stuff is happened since we've been sitting here. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. There's lots of stuff in here. So we're going to have nitro kegs behind this, what appears to be a makeshift bar. Uh -huh. Like the, the facades of all these bars look, as a guest walking up, you're like, whoa, that looks tight, right? But once you get behind it, like we are right now, it's, you know. Oh, yeah, it's fully functioning. We have a It's fully functioning, system, but I mean, it's just a. Uh, yeah, like we have nitro. <laughs> Guinness will be here, um, you know, so there's, there's a ton of stuff happening. Guinness will be here? Yeah, so we've got Guinness and Guinness Bond on draft, um, and then Kettle One on Metro as well. I can't believe you're being calm enough to sit here and just chat with me. Knowing that you're going to be so many cocktails. Effectively, just a few hours. I mean, do you go? Do you get a chance to go home and take a nap, shower? Like, um, I, sh I showered this morning and I brought a change of clothes for like that sweaty pre-shift bathroom change. You know, where you're like. Yes, I know it very well. <laughs> I used to live here. Yes, I know it very well. Yeah. Um, so no, no, we will not leave. We will be here until it's over. <laughs> what, uh, what's the what's the funnest part of doing this kind of job? If someone was looking for a job like this with another company like Liquid Productions, what would you say is like the thing that would attract them the most? Um, people who thrive in chaos. It's a lot of kind of you know, no matter how, how much you plan, you're going to get on site and something's not going to be the way that you want it to be, or the way that you thought it was, or the way that you asked for it to be. Um, you kind of just got to troubleshoot it and roll with it and, and fix things as they come. So if you're, if you're good in that kind of situation and you know, like problem solving <laughs> actively, <laughs> constantly, then you know, <laughs> then you're good. Um, tell me if it's not too embarrassing in any way, but tell me, uh, tell me like a problem that you've had today that you've had to like get around. Um, oh gosh, you know, or, or not, one that's happened in, in the recent event. And not having product <laughs> that you're supposed to have, um, or you know, we we set up all these tables and basically build a liquor room when we're in our kind of batch town area. Um, and yesterday, one of the tables decided that it was tired and didn't want to hold the weight of the liquor anymore, so it, it collapsed and we we lost some product. Um, and the whole room smelled like grumplements for a long time. Holy <laughs> You know, so you know, and when you've got your recipes dialed in and you've ordered very specific quantities of things, you've got to go fix that problem. So. So somebody had to run out and find the guys at Keep the and Go are literally lost. my heroes. Yeah. <laughs>
definitely spend a lot of time with with John Keefe and his employees this week. Also, I'm very intrigued. What's the drink of rum mint? Um, it is a very rumble mint drink. We have an isolation coming up. Pull up air cards into it, which is going to be super fun. Which end does the rumble mint come out of? <laughs> I think the mouth, but I haven't actually seen the finished then product which yet. Which end is it going in? <laughs> Um, There's no winning solution we, here. We gave the, we gave Ice Dragon um, creative license to make it happen. So we'll see what happens when he gets here. <laughs> it's gonna be too little, too late because your ice sculpture can't come too soon before the party, right? So like, it, when it gets here, it's here. Yeah, you know, um, interesting that that's coming up as a topic. You know, um, when I was in, a chef and instructor at the New England Lawyers, I taught ice sculpture. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're right, Once it, especially in this town where it's so humid. <laughs> Even though it's nice and kind of cool in here where we are, yeah. it's still humid, and humidity is really the murderer of that, ice. It makes it sweaty, yeah. Yeah, it'll, it'll just start getting slicker and slicker. Yeah. But that's the beauty of ice carvings is that they move and they change throughout the event. I always encourage uh, my clients or my students at the end of the event to, to take it somewhere safe and just bash it. Yeah. It's going to die either way. Maybe you, you made it, you, you make it go I'm gonna away. I'm going to take out all my frustrations That's on we the do. polar bear later Indeed. tonight. Yeah. Got a sledgehammer around here? Go we do. It. That's we your close tool our of buckets choice. with it. That's your tool of choice. Um, you, know, you made that ice, you may as well take it out because it's going out either way. Exactly. Um, but when I taught up in Montpelier, Vermont, in the winter months, we would do the um, Grand Buffet and all these things would carve their ice carvings. And at the end of the thing, I would say, we can take this thing outside and destroy it. Or we can take it outside and set it in the lawn of the school because they'll last for quite some time. Oh, that's so cool. So it's like free by, the end, art. by the end of the season, we have like, you know, 10, 10, 10 20 ice carvings standing out there. Nice. Slowly dying. They still die, but it's much slower than they're outside in the freezing cold. Yeah, especially in Vermont. So you think that this is a position that for someone who is capable of handling chaos and overcoming, you know, situations on the fly. So it sounds like someone who's like military. Is it, is it like working in the military? Um, I mean, I'm a Navy brat, so I think that that definitely helped prepare me for this. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not militant by any means. We no, have a lot no, of fun, no. and we talk a lot of shit, and make fun of each other, and you know, we're all we're all family at this point because we spend so many hours a day together. Um, but you know, it's there's still very much hospitality. Like at the end of the day, Diageo is our client, and our job is to make them happy. Yeah. So you know, you you've got to you know, like we talked about, furiously paddle underneath with your banquet smile on the sure. whole time. Yeah, yeah, we talked <laughs> off air about being a duck on the water. Just, you know, what everybody sees is just this calm duck cruising across the water, but what everyone doesn't see is that those legs underneath are just kicking like crazy, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, never stop moving. Yeah. Um, tell me the thing that you think uh, uh, you enjoy the most about this position. Like, what's the thing, what's the thing that came at you that you didn't expect and you really enjoyed? I didn't expect to ever work with a group of people who, I, I've always looked up to these guys, they're my mentors, you know, and now not so only... these guys being, including Andy Seymour, of course. Yeah, Sean Kenyon, Sean Kenyon. Um, Jacques Bezaitenut, um, Kat Remmer, yeah. and then we, we recruit them. Yeah, they're, they're huge, and I, and I stand on their shoulders and get to be, you know, their, their sister, and they, they really do take care of me like one, it's, it's amazing. Um, so having, you know, access to these people 24 hours a day you know there's nothing there's nothing that we wouldn't do for each other um and you know they're as invested in in everyone else's success as their own which is incredible and so so lucky yeah i mean i think uh 
I, I look up to all those dudes too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, that's a strong ass team of folks you're getting to work with, and you know, I think uh, I think they probably all operate in, in, in the way that I, I try and do, which is I'm not out to build myself a group of followers. The followers will just be there. I'm out to build leaders. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. So it um, sounds like they're you know grooming you to step right in. And very do it much well. so. You know, Andy was mentor of the year last year, and he's got to pass yep. that torch this year. But you know, between learning from him about he's just like a wealth of information and then you know learning from Leo about how to organize stuff back of housewives and like, Leo DeGroff shocks me in so many he, ways about he's a how, genius. <laughs> how crazy meticulously organized he is yeah. because when you hang out with him and just you know shoot the shit with him that's not what you get no he's get this, so like, loose, easygoing yeah. and chill and like He's really just like made his own name for himself too. He could have ridden his dad's coattails, but he, yeah, now he makes 3D renderings of bars. They're down to the, how many cans of beer can fit in a line yeah. in the cooler, and they're labeled on the 3D rendering yeah. what kind of beer it is. It's the amazing. Bar, it's a metal. It's, it's incredible. He and Troy Clark have been working on something for a long time, and they showed me kind of their their 3D rendering of it. It's amazing. I can't wait for you to see it. Three uh, of what? Can you tell me? No. It's it's a it's a bar setup. Well, yeah, he came in a couple of, uh, maybe not even, I mean, I don't know, six months, I'll say. Six months ago, he came in to um, laser, he brought lasers in and he measured, <laughs> yeah. measured that's, this is Leo DeGroff, <laughs> lasers in Amoria Margo. Yeah. And he measured off the entire bar and he 3D rendered Amoria Margo for a project. He didn't, I, I didn't care. I said, you know, whatever, I don't care what you're doing, measure it, measure it. But like, he's like, I'm doing this thing, it's going to be red. And then just showed me some pictures later of the 3D rendering. Yeah. Like, what the shit? yeah. Are you making a video game? Is we Tony Hawk involved? <laughs> we talk about you in Bar Five Day because it's talking about how much, how much space is a as a commodity and how much you can do in a small space if you organize it properly and properly. Um, yeah, I don't think of my bar. I mean, I know I constantly say it's 240 square feet, but I think of it more as like inches, man. Like it, I gotta, it really. I got to deal with every inch. You really do. Shelf space for detail, like yeah. every freaking inch is accounted for and, and measured and, and utilized. You know. But that's that's what's so smart about it, you know, and that's why it's so important to to acknowledge that and, and pay attention to it, and you know, just because you have more space doesn't. If, you know, or one has more space and another bar doesn't mean it shouldn't all be that thoughtfully designed. Yeah, I've been traveling a lot and I see a lot of bars that have, um, you know, I always joke and say, you know, you got a dance floor behind your bar compared yeah. to mine. Yes, sir. Yeah. But then I watch people, <laughs> I watch people work on those bars and I see how many extra steps they have to take. And all I can think to myself is how that's cutting into not supporting or generating revenue. It's so true. It's absolutely true. Right. Every and step you're taking on aren't bringing in money. You aren't exactly. Like you, you should be able to buy some money for your kitchen stuff probably taught you a lot about that too, though. You know, it did. You know, my you can go all the way back. My first real paycheck job, where I actually got paid on a check by somebody. <laughs> I was the overnight cook at the second busiest waffle house in the, in the chain. That's amazing. Which you basically just stand still. Everything yeah. is within arm's reach. Yeah. And you make eggs and bacon and all that crap as fast as you can for hundreds of scattered smothered cut guys topped. He's oh still got gosh. it. Oh, I still got it all. It's crazy. It's born into you, you know. It's, it's that's the thing about systems, right? If they're yeah. if they're created well, and this place certainly, you know, certainly has their systems in place, um, you, they become instant habit. You can't shake them forever. That's forever. A, that's great muscle memory to have, though. Forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still. <laughs>
still. I go to Waffle Houses now and I look around and I'm like, they're not, that's not, they, they literally call it the Waffle House way. I'll look over and I'll be like, that's, that's not, not the Waffle House way. way. <laughs> I'm judging you. I'm totally judging you. You're doing it wrong. Um, well, Tyler, if anyone would want to get a hold of you or, or Liquid Productions, uh, if you want to get a hold of you, how would they go about that? You got an Instagram you want to plug? Or? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, Liquid Productions has an Instagram. It's at Lick underscore pro. Um, L-I-Q. L-I-Q underscore not, pro. Not dirty like it sounds. Lick pro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I get the sense that that was Andy's doing. Uh, how did you guess? <laughs> Lick pro. Um, yeah, so we're there. Or info at lickpro.com is on the address. Probably just networking and meeting people at events and stuff like that. It's um, we meet new people all the time, and we're lucky enough to have so many friends in the industry that it's a lot of it. I think it's just word of mouth. Like, oh, you need to, you're looking for this. Why don't you talk to the liquor productions crew? You know, sure. friends you need, pass you need us 40, business. Drinks? Yeah, we've got you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small potatoes. Yeah, um, and you know, we have friends at every brand, uh, you know, we're, we're mercenary, we're not tied to, tied to one one brand specifically, we do it all. So. Well, right, you're not, uh, you're not out there looking to do a brand drinks, so unless the brand itself is hiring you, you're just making drinks. So anybody yeah. who has a thing that needs a bunch of drinks made, supply yeah. the booze and the, and the juice and we'll get it done, right? We'll, su- we'll the supply fruit. the booze and the juice too, oh, you know, whatever you want, yeah. Oh, so it can all go through you. <laughs> it can all go through us, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, I have no sense of how this company runs. Um, it's literally a full service company. We do, you know, bar design and build outs. We do training. We do hotel stuff. We do huge batching events. Um, it's it's whatever you need. Between all of us, we've got, you know, a hundred years of experience behind bars. Right. Um, you know, and everything from, you know, Jacques' corporate Kempton hotel background and all of those trainings and openings to. Leo's bar design to, you know, batching and, you know, all of the wealth of knowledge that everyone brings to in the history and stuff like that. So, whatever you want, like, even if it doesn't seem like something that we do, we we'll probably do it or have done it. Do you have a size limit? You, like, how no. low do you go? You, no. you need 100 cocktails? Can yeah. I still call you? Yeah, absolutely. I think I can make 100 by myself. I think you probably could. <laughs> I don't think you need me. <laughs> but yeah, we do everything, you know, and you can have any anywhere from one of us to our whole crew, depending on the size of it. Outstanding. Yeah. So full service from soup to nuts. Soup to nuts. Li- liquid for which is you know, I, that joke I always make. I used to be a chef, now I just make chill mm-hmm. soup. It is soup. I pour things from small containers into big containers and then back into small containers. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. And people like it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> they really up, like it. People line up to it. It's going to be crazy. There's going to be a line around the block tonight. The entry to this party is always absolute chaos. I wish I could film it because they just open the doors and flood the place. Yeah, there's no holding back at all. I think the folks at the front line should go as far in as they can go. Yeah, go to the stage. Like, go in as far as you can go as you're the front, and that way everyone can probably think they can look back. Yeah. Just walk past everything over there. Um, Tyler, it's been a real delight hanging out with you. Thanks for taking some time out and sitting with me at Tales of Cocktail 2019 um, and, uh, and chatting with me on, on the speakeasy. 
it's always great to hear perspective from different people in different parts of what, what we do as an industry. And, uh, this is certainly a unique part. I'd like to hear more about it. So next time you're in New York City, look me up and we'll sit down again in the actual studio. I'd love that. Get a real feel for what we do with the speakeasy. Yeah. But I'm looking great. forward to swinging through the party tonight, and I'll see you at the Kettle One booth, right? You'll see me at the Kettle One booth. You'll see you'll see everyone here. We've got Julie Reiner and Charles Joly and Tyson Bueller and all the world class alum. I've never heard of those people. A rock star bartending crew. I'm really excited to see them all. Right. It's like. It's like Congress coming together. <laughs> They're all under one roof at one time. I know, right? Amazing. Uh, well, all right, that's going to do it for this week's uh, Speakeasy. Thanks for tuning in. Please uh, uh, tune in next time and listen to who, who and what we have to talk to about who and what it is we do. Thanks so much, Tyler. Thank you, Southern. Cheers. Bye. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's going to save your soul. The The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.